them are more than pals Our show can be a little gay But if you're not, that's okay You can listen and have fun either way Xena, Star Wars, Doctor Who Guests and music and reviews Game of Thrones, why Nona too? She promised there's something for you She nerds out We're girls that like girls That like dirty things Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. We're going to talk about some nerd news. But first, let's jump into the mail sack. Jump, jump, jump. I feel like we need a like a little sound effect. We'll work on it. We do. Working on it. Uh, all right. We have quite a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to start out with one from Lisa. It says, Dear Wendy, Tara, and Kat. I recently became aware of your amazing podcast of Winona Earp. I really look forward to listening to the new episode on my Sunday mornings. The best thing, though, about your podcast is that there are podcast episodes about Xena as well. Currently, I am mostly on Winona Earp, but can't wait to listen to the Xena stuff as well soon. I was about 10 years old, plus minus whatever, (laughs) when I saw Xena on television. She's maybe around my age. Xena was my childhood hero. Every Sunday afternoon, I was extremely pleased when there was a new episode on television, and I was on the other side extremely mad (laughs) when there was Formula One on TV instead, or worse, a show called Eisenbaum Roman. Tick equals (laughs) railroad romance. Oh. Oh. Okay. Terrible. I'm intrigued. Yes. This show was just as exciting as it sounds, but I sometimes couldn't win against my father's television desires. Before I digress more on the subject, just wanted to let you know that I cherish your work. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a little nerdy, too. Unfortunately, there are some other no less beloved obligations I have to fulfill. My wife, dog, job. Okay, this last one is less beloved. So I can't listen to all of your podcasts the whole time, but looking forward to listening to more soon. Keep going. Best regards from Germany, Lisa. Germany. Thank you, Lisa. Fancy. Where exactly in Germany? Um, go ahead and send us your address. So we're, we do our <laughs> we world visit. tour. We'll say hi. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'd love to go to Germany. So now we got, yeah. So far, the tour is all expanding, right? right? We have Germany. Yeah, we got, we're on the worldwide. Tasmania. <laughs> yes. The Cotswolds. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got so far. Lambing. The lambing season. I'm we got to go during that. lambing season. All right. More mail? Sure. More mail. Just, no, I'm sad because traveling sounds so much fun. Oh, right. How about some mail from Jamie? She writes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. As soon as I saw All Rise last week, I immediately thought of y'all. Well, not could you not really. I just stumbled upon this podcast very recently, but love the banter and the nerdiness abound. I was at a loss for who I could talk to after All Rise, so I just posted something on Twitter where I have four followers. (laughs) Hey, nothing wrong with four. Anyway, I thought I'd share my reaction to all caps. Amy Acker, I replied to their tweet with, quote, that warm, tingly feeling you get when an early life crush Marg Helgenberger from China Beach, because she's old, or she says, I'm old. And later in life crush, Amy Acker, too many faves to name of Amy Rolls, is what she's saying. When they have such incredible chemistry that the only relief is explosive. They had Whoa. me at dropped keys. I really hope this they keep this relationship going. Mm. Same here, Jamie. Mm. Same what here. What happened with drop keys? Well, if you'd watch, you oh, would know. I, I believe the line is, I believe these belong to you. It's oh. their meat cute, Tara. It's their meat oh, cute, Tara. Okay. It's still on our DVR, Tara. If you uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. You should. I, I do. I want you know. to. You know, I just. 
So you can just watch I watch, I watch one, two live, like, live shows. That's Grey's Anatomy and Winona Earp right, right. now. And I'm having a hard time catching. Okay, I feel bad, though. I'm going to. I feel <laughs> terrible. I'm it's sorry. A great, it's a great thing they did with these characters. I, I really want Hashtag to see Hashtag Bennings. Um, but yes, thank you. I'm glad we were here for you for Bennings and All yes. Rise because we hope to hope to be talking about them into the future. Indeed. You know, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, they were great. We're all on the Bennings train here. Yes, and thanks, Jamie. Welcome to the Snop. Yes, thank you. Nice. All right. Is it my turn again? I think Let it's me your reach turn. in there. Wait, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Get in okay. That sack. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm in there deep. All right. I got one from Lauren. Mm. Says, Hi, ladies of the Snop. I just wanted to comment on the financial issues that came up on the first episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. And Uh-oh. she uh, she has, uh, it's just T F A T W S. I guess that's a short, shorthand version of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It right. is a long, a long uh, T fat was. <laughs> T fat was. <laughs> T fat was. Okay. <laughs> I think one of the things that the show is trying to say is that the scene at the bank is that if it was Captain America or one of the other white heroes, it would have been a different conversation. Uh, There was a scene where uh, he has to go to a bank to try to get a loan for his sister's business Mm -hmm. and had pretty much stated that he didn't really get paid much or at all from the government for all of his work. uh, Falconry. Right. As being the Falcon. I think they would have gotten out the checkbook and told the old captain to name a number generational wealth is something many black americans have not benefited from and i thought the series was partly trying to show that in what in that scene and yes the falcon should have a big fat bank account given his service to the country it's interesting so far and i look forward to seeing where it goes keep up the good work if you if you ever want to geek out about my areas of, of interest like broadway musicals <laughs> i'm your girl I Lauren. didn't realize at first. That's Lauren. The Lauren we know. Hi, Lauren. Oh, um, Laurent? Yeah. yeah, that's Laurent. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's well, and she Welcome <laughs> to the snop, Lauren. Thanks, gave us Lauren. the tip. Well, you guys the tip to look behind my door for the Calamity Jane murder board. That's so right. Mm. Wasn't wrong about Thanks, that Lauren. either. Mm. We still yeah. do need to talk for the prom someday. We were gonna do that and then life got in the way. Oh, I know. Because that's right. Broadway musical related. Uh, and I definitely think that they are trying to make the point that if that was Steve uh, that just walked into the bank, they would absolutely, uh, you know, even if he had been gone for five years. And that mm-hmm. was the whole thing they're trying to play. Well, you don't have any any financial history for the right. last five years because he dis- Sam disappeared in the blip. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I agree. If, if one of the white heroes walked in, I, I don't think it would have been, uh, would have ended that way. So, and it is, it was a little disturbing that, Really, he nor Bucky, uh, for all that they did, they they just kind of said, all right, you're not an Avenger anymore. Thanks for saving the world. Uh, you're not going to get any kind of paycheck or anything. Yeah. That was interesting to me. Um, it's weird. So, yeah, that r- really was. I I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch the timeline. Maybe it was, uh, I don't know. It's hard kind of to put where it is in the, mm-hmm. it's after the blip. Right. Is it after WandaVision or before or kind of during this show? Yes. This is, I don't know where it relates to WandaVision, but it's after the blip. Right. Okay. But I'm not sure. I feel like it's like five months after the blip. I think there was a line about it being five months post blip. Okay. And yeah, I don't know. Do we know when WandaVision takes place in relation to the blip? It had have been pretty soon. Well, during kind of right 
during or after the blip because, oh, that's right, because they Monica... had that scene with Monica Rambeau where she wakes up in the hospital and she just came back. Mm-hmm. So uh, she just got assigned to that case that had just happened with the FBI where Wanda's had created the town. Right. Right. Mm. And she had just picked up or gone to see Vision's body. Interesting. All these are happening right around blip, post blip. Yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. So we're going to go th- over T Fat was uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. T Fat was. T Fat was. T Fat was. It's, I'm, I'm liking it. Then I, we'll get to yeah, the next I, episode, I, but yeah, it's, it's intriguing. It's, it's, I'm digging it. Okay, good. Good. All right, I'm going to read a mail. I'm going to read some mail now, too. Is that, is that okay? Are you feeling left out? I A little bit. <laughs> uh, this one is from our good friend, AK. Yo, AK! She says, hello there, snopplings. Funny you should mention the game. I must thank you again for hooking us up. Owing to the fact that Mish and Cynthia are completely awesome, highly dedicated, and impressively efficient, and the fact that the current situation means we actually had a bit of time on our hands, <laughs> we, your loyal Snoptarts, have battled unflinchingly through weird technical difficulties, confusing time zone differences, because why would we have an internationally standardized changing of the clocks? That would be way too easy. And the sort of language stumbling blocks which, with which you're already familiar, I don't know. That's not what we call them over there, over here, to arrive at the point where beta testing has come to a successful conclusion, and we reckon Magic the Gathering, the snop version, (laughs) the snop game version one, is now ready for its international debut. Whoa. This is exciting. I can't believe this is happening. I know. It's an, uh, it's a game. F- I, love it. I know it's a game for up to six players, and we would love to have the the opportunity to play it with you. <laughs> you know, for science to determine right. which is the baddest of the badass genre babes, this is mm. important research for our community. Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, so she says, I guess the important questions are now or now are. Do you have a D4, D68, D10, which is optional, and a D20? I have all of those. Uh, She's talking about dice. And should the answer to this question still be no? Fear not. We have found some decent online alternatives. I don't have it, but I'm going to get some for sure. Excellent. Good. Can we have custom-made snop dice? Absolutely. I feel like we have to do that. Okay. That's, that's, I think, inevitable at this point. And the second question is, when are we all free – Signed AKPS. Behold, attached steelies, secateurs, and a flat cap, all perfectly standard gardening kit. Were those <laughs> were those what confused you? What else would you call them? Uh, I mean, shears. A hat. A hat yeah, shears. And some boots. Boots. Right, right. But the steelies, secateurs, and a flat cap sound way fancier and I way classier. Oh, way and way more interesting. And look I how get, cool that hat is. I know. It is a nice little, hat. like... What would you call that? Like a golf, like a golfer. I think that's kinda... like a newsboy hat. I think that's what we right, call that, right? right? You know what kind of perfectly describes it? Mm. A flat cap. <laughs> I mean, there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just come up with that? It's on the mail. What she calls it? It's a flat <laughs> I know, cap. What <laughs> I did. Uh, so this is happening, guys. Uh, Magic the Gathering. Whoa, so we're gonna six, have to yeah, coordinate. It, yeah. And it's good that it, for six players, because we're obviously going to have no idea what we're doing and we're <laughs> going to rely completely on those three to, to teach us. 
All yes. this talk, I feel like a real gaming dum-dum. I've never really played these games with the big dice. I mean, okay. other than like, you know, Monopoly and normal dice games. But these fancy dice, I'm, I'm a dum-dum. You're, you're going to love them, Wendy. You're I'm looking forward to it. Believe me. We're trying some new things. That's right. So thank you guys for, I mean, you guys, thank you so much for putting yeah, in time awesome. to do oh, this. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to figure this out. This will, this will definitely be happening soon. And it might happen at like one o'clock in the morning here. We don't know with all these time zones. We'll figure it out. Exactly. We'll make it work. All right. So we, we also have a voicemail. Oh. Listener Gab heard my call, heard my cries. <laughs> uh, so let's take a listen. Hey, guys, this is Gabby or Gabs from that long Justice League email slash Grey's Anatomy ending theory. Um, just wanted to stop by and say hey and leave a voicemail. I'm loving the podcast. And also was wondering if you would all would join me in wishing Jade a very happy birthday. Her birthday is on Wednesday the 31st. So this will come out hopefully right before her birthday. Anyways, uh, thanks for everything you do. And uh, Jade, happy birthday. Jade. Happy birthday, Jade. Happy birthday, Jade. Happy birthday, Jade. Wendy should sing happy birthday to her. Wendy. I feel like you have to pay money if you, you do. sing that song. <laughs> oh, Is really? there an alternative yeah. birthday song we can sing? <laughs> what do they do in restaurants? Happy, happy birthday. Da, 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 da. Great. Wow. That works. I forgot about that. I know, right? I'll just it's... sing it with its happy birthday to Jade. <laughs> oh, okay. That was great. I just yeah. made up a... <laughs> I don't want to have to pay. You don't want to have to pay. We can't afford it. <laughs> but happy, very, very happy birthday. And thank you for the voicemail. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Gab. That was our first. Yeah, it was fun to, I think uh, Gab had posted also on Twitter after this week's Grey's Anatomy, uh, mm. where a very, the promo for next week showed a very special character returning. So very excited about that. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about it a little, a little bit later, bit. right? I would like to say thank you for the mail. And I just wanted to put a little disclaimer. If any of you ever want to send an email but don't want it read, because we do like to read our email. Right. right. But we I just wanted to oh. let anyone know that might want to just send us anything. If you don't want us to read it, just put all big old caps. I just wanted to share with you guys, but please don't read it on the podcast. We are more than happy to get mail that we don't read. Just let us know. That's a good point. And where, where can they send us uh, these emails? How do they send them to us? You should know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I do. It's SheNerdsOut at gmail.com. But you can also contact us through our website, which some people have done, which is SheNerdsOut.com. But also on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. Facebook and Instagram. Man, I wasn't ready for that. At SheNerdsOutPodcast. <laughs> or the Twitter at Snotpodcast 1D. Mm-hmm. And make sure to rate and review us and subscribe. Please. Uh, guys. Nerd news. Let's do it. Nerd news. Do it. Nerd news. I repeat, we have breaking nerd news. So we've got some big news this week. Mm. Some of that comes from Batwoman. And as, this is from TV Line, an article. And if you've been keeping up with Batwoman, you probably already know this, but they recast Ruby Rose's role. Ooh. They recast Kate Kane. Shocker. <laughs> they had said before they were not, they had created, well, the character of Ryan Wilder because they didn't want to recast, recast Kate Kane. Right. And they didn't want to kill her off because the whole barrier gaze thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they're kind of in a little conundrum. So we nobody was really sure where this was going. But uh, yeah, so Bat says from TV line again, 
Batwoman has enlisted someone new to portray Kate Kane. TV Line has learned that Krypton and the Royals alum Wallace Day will take over the role from Ruby Rose, who departed the CW series at the end of last season. Season 2 centers on the rise of Ryan Wilder, played by Javisi Leslie, as the new Batwoman in the wake of Kate's mysterious disappearance following a nasty plane crash in Gotham. Kate finally resurfaced in Sunday's episode, seemingly unconscious in the sewers of Gotham and unrecognizable beneath heavy bandages, (laughs) save for her telltale red necklace. (laughs) Okay. All right. I watched this episode. Oh, so you did. Okay, good. And I watched it. I caught up on this episode. It was the one that most recently came out after, because I saw on Twitter, because CW on my uh, TV package, I don't have that channel, so I have to watch it the next day on demand. Mm -hmm. So I had seen the stuff on Twitter. Oh, Kate Kane, they revealed Kate Kane has been in the sewer. And um, so I I had expectations going in. First, I really liked the episode. Uh, I really loved, I actually had to catch up on two episodes. Uh, hmm. And I really like where it's going. Um, and so they made this big thing. They released a picture of, of Wallace Day. Obviously not Ruby Rose. Uh, very beautiful. Uh, but they're going to go with the whole... Um, she had to change her face. She got had to have she was burned beyond recognition. Oh, and yeah. somehow somehow comes back even more beautiful. She's gorgeous. I, <laughs> yeah. That was, I don't know. You know, they'll probably give her like a an ugly scar or something on her face. Sure. Right? No, great, no. Great doctor. So we'll see how they do that. But okay, so I was like, you know, I'd seen all the pictures of this girl and I was like, ooh, okay, this is gonna be interesting. First of all, the uh, CW app or whatever you have to watch it on, uh, you know, on demand, it does the whole thing where it wants to start the next episode, like before that one is even really finished. Yes. So it cuts off, which I didn't realize till later, about a minute of, uh, nearly a minute of like what's left in the episode because it's thinking that the credits are on. So it says watch now and it'll autoplay it. So I had to go back first and rewatch the last part of that one. That's annoying. And then I was glad I did because I would have completely missed the whole quote reveal so they basically make everyone think that they found part of kate kate's remains Mm. in this plane crash so they finally reveal that because there was kind of on the fence that they thought she could have survived this lady was holding her captive right spoiler alert so you should know that by now hopefully you're caught up on (laughs) that one (laughs) so they find part of kate's remains Mm. Uh, now, so now it's like, oh no, this kind of like solidifies it. This is at the, towards the very end of this episode. And, you know, the same thing happened with Alice. They found her remains. Turns out Alice wasn't dead and she was being held captive. So I just, it was a little e- mm. too easy mm-hmm. for them to be like, oh, they found the remains. Okay. When they had just got, had the whole first season was, we shouldn't have thought Alice, assumed Alice was dead so easily. Right. But, you know, you find remains, what are you going to do? <laughs> so anyway they go <laughs> they go through I, I mean it's really good alice is really great i don't want to give too much away about the episode um so the big reveal is that after everyone thinks she's dead it just randomly kind of cuts to this mm-hmm. and again i had a quick hit the the button that like stopped it from playing auto playing or auto stopping so it wouldn't start like Riverdale randomly while I'm trying to watch the end. <laughs> like so I'm like, okay. Huh. So I do that. And then it pans down to the to it looks like it doesn't even look at, they say heavy bandages, but to me it just looked like uh 
the this other character mouse where he kind of changes faces yeah it didn't look i was expecting like the big head wrap with the yeah like the ridiculous looking you know after plastic surgery you get those but it was just like it was just like a peeled face it wasn't no. you could not tell at all mm. who it was it looked i would have never guessed even with what they did, they mentioned the telltale red necklace that her mom gave her, right? Sure. And so they somehow the necklace didn't fall off. All her skin on her face <laughs> fell off, but somehow this necklace survived this plane crash oh. uh, and this disfigurement. So, but the necklace is still right there. So she's wearing the necklace. <laughs> Don't know how it survived. It's pretty <laughs> sturdy, whoever, right? Sturdy. <laughs> it's a good chain she's got on there. Yeah. So, uh. Somehow, yeah, somehow that survived. And then it had a little voiceover of, like, her mom saying, you know, this necklace, this, to mm. make sure you knew that that was Kate's necklace. Because you pro- sounds like you, you wouldn't have known otherwise. No, it was, yeah. it was very strange to me. It was a weird mm. – if, if they wouldn't have told me that this was supposed to be Kate Kane and that her face was supposed to be burned off, I, I wish I could get a picture of it. It just, it didn't look like, hmm. I, I was really expecting like these heavy managers and they just have her chained up. I thought she'd be like in a hospital bed. Cause like she, she just, how is she going to get this face? <laughs> this beautiful <laughs> this new attractive face. face. <laughs> how I want that. So can somebody do that to me? Because it seems really easy. She's not not even like giving her fluids right now. <laughs> Just like <laughs> hanging there. And she has been for a long time. Apparently oh it's been like over a month or something. Wow. Interesting. You know, this yeah, is I thought it was she was going to be in a hospital bed and like her face, like you just, the bandages would cover her face. But no, it was just right. like a, a ew, like exposed face hmm. all burnt up, which did not look anything like Kate Kane or Wallace Day or <laughs> Ruby Rose. So Anyone. I'm really glad that I had read that before because, and it was over like that. It was so fast. Hmm. I was like, what was that it? Yeah. Interesting. And then it started playing Riverdale. So, <laughs> so then you watch <laughs> so that. You moved on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found it interesting because right. Didn't you say Tara, like not long before they announced the recasting of Kate Kane, <laughs> Ruby Rose had, was it in an interview or just yeah. a tweet where she said, she wouldn't be opposed to coming back to wrap up the character of Kate Kane. And all of a sudden it's an announcement that says, yeah, we've recast Kate Kane. <laughs> so I, I wondered if that was to, to ward off, like, did they plan to announce that or was it Ruby Rose is out there saying she'd come back. Let's put this out there. So people know, no, this is not Ruby Rose. Mm-hmm. There's no mistake yet. And I agree because that there was, I, I would have obviously thought that that was like Ruby Rose coming back. I would if have too. Had not have, if I had not have been told that right away. And mm-hmm. I do think it was to squash that speculation because mm-hmm. she did just put out, it's kind of sad. She was like, <laughs> I would, you know, at this point, like I wouldn't be opposed to just reprising my role to give that character like a nice end or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wrap up some things. Was that, no. was that prompted like, by anything? Did, she, did someone no. ask her that or that was just a random post? I, I don't think so. I just, I, I don't know. I'll have to find it. I, okay. I don't think someone, like I don't think I saw it. Like it something. was just, you know, mm. I wouldn't mind. You know, I'm I'm really loving the show and I wouldn't, oh boy. you know, I went where the direction it's going and <laughs> like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then oh, another maybe. thing that I was wondering about, and I think they also came out and said, you know, if you're Javicia, 
And you've attra- you've now recast the Kate King character in this attractive new sort of mm. white replacement. Would mm-hmm. you be thinking, um, what does this mean for me, guys? And I think they came out and said, oh, no, Javicia is our Batwoman. And this helps maybe put some doubt, but then it'll further solidify her conviction that she is Batwoman. And that they- so I'm sure the the plan I imagine will be to have Kate Kane step away for whatever reason from being Batwoman. You mean, I mean besides, now being besides being being <laughs> horribly disfigured with the beautiful face of this actress yeah, that they cast. Um, but nothing else. But then I just I just think I hope they're really rock solid because can you imagine if then all of a sudden online people are like, oh my gosh, we love this new girl. I wish they would have mm. just replaced her with this girl, right? You know, I mean they may not. I hope not. Because I just thought Boy, that sort of sets you up to be potentially in an awkward situation if all of a sudden people really respond to the new Kate Kane and think, well, I wish they could have just recast in the beginning instead of going out. Well, hopefully not. We'll see what they do with the storyline. But, I, you know, just be ready, Batwoman, in case people all of a sudden. But I mean, Javisi has been great. There's no reason to, you know, but for the people who love the character of Kate Kane, Mm. you know, what is this? I'm glad that they did this, that they, um, because it would have gone on too long if they hadn't kind of wrapped this up. They left it where you think maybe she's alive. Obviously, now they're kind of going back and forth with everybody now thinks she's dead, but she's really alive. Mm-hmm. So that'll take them another five episodes. You know that. But it, I like it in the sense that, uh, you know, and the showrunner has said that, yeah, this is going to further solidify Ryan as Batwoman. Mm. And I do think I'm glad for the character of Sophie, who was Batwoman's love interest and in. she works for the crows and she works with her with uh, Batwoman's dad and uh, because she, it was really missing something without that chemistry because that's the one part I thought that Ruby Rose did really well I thought she had good chemistry with Sophie's character mm-hmm. so uh hopefully Kate Kane 2.0 and her will still have that same chemistry <laughs> but uh, because Sophie kind of felt kind of out there now. Like, you could just kind of like a third wheel almost. Like, mm-hmm. so, and I have no doubt it's going to be like, hey, look, um, I can't walk or I'm like in a wheel. Like, she can't literally physically do the job of Batwoman anymore, but she's there to consult with Ryan. That could be. She could you know? be. So you think. Because I think she's on the show. Like they said. Like, oh, I was going to ask you. She's going to be part like, of the show going oh, is forward. She? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's not like it's going to be a, oh, I'm here to say goodbye type of thing. I think she's just going to be there and almost just be part of the Bat team now. Eventually, once they figure out she's still alive. (laughs) That's weird. That does feel weird to me, too. Uh, It'll be interesting But Javicia had to have known. They had to have known. I hope so. I'm sure she knew. I hope they they let her know, hey, you know, we're replacing Kate Kane, but you're fine. (sighs) Yeah. Interesting. We'll uh, see how they actually handle it, but... Right. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it just sets up potential for awkwardness. And hopefully (laughs) everybody is on the same page with this. (laughs) I love Javicia. I do too. I I think Javicia is great. I just know I'd be a little concerned if... uh, But I'm glad because her and her, Javicia and um, Sophie... I should say Ryan and Sophie, (laughs) their characters, had a really great moment. They don't have like physical sexual chemistry or anything mm-hmm. like that even though they're they're both bisexual or lesbian or queer or whatever uh they uh but they had a really really great moment which i really liked um about kind of getting closer just on, you know on a friendship level and mm-hmm. caring about one another it was really nice to see and i was like man i wish it wouldn't feel right to me if 
Kate was just gone and Sophie was just kind of just never knew what happened or they, you know, moved on from it. So I, the only reason it would work for me is because Sophie, they made such a big thing about she and Sophie being right for each other. Okay. So we'll that's see. cool. We'll, that's we'll cool. see. Uh, have they introduced a love interest for Ryan yet? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. Yeah, catch up. She has a girlfriend. I have to catch well, up. Okay. Yeah. You Great. gotta catch up. There's a lot going on with her. Okay. Too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. To be continued. Well, guys, there's a movie coming out, sci-fi movie, on Netflix, April 22nd. It looks really good. It's starring Anna Kendrick. And you don't really, like, when you think of sci-fi space movies, you don't really think of Anna Kendrick. But she's amazing, (laughs) obviously. So uh, it'll be fun to see her playing this kind of role. Also starring Toni Collette. This cast is crazy. Toni Collette, who I love. Mm -hmm. Daniel Day Kim. And Shamir Anderson. Also oh. known as Agent Dolls from Winona Earp. Hmm. Yeah. I was just wondering, what has he been doing this whole time? Exactly. He's been doing the movie. So uh, the movie's called Stowaway. And it's about a uh, mission to Mars. And there's just this three-person crew. And they find a stowaway. And Shamir plays that stowaway. And now they it's like a thriller. It's a, what do they call hmm. it? It's a space thriller. I love a space thriller. Uh, <laughs> we don't have enough space thrillers anymore. <laughs> don't. And there's a bunch of sneak peek photos that have just been released. If you go to our favorite sci-fi.com uh, <laughs> in their sci-fi wire section, they have a bunch of these photos. And it looks really fun. I mean, I do love, I do love a space movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure things go really wrong. Says it becomes a moral dilemma before transmuting into absolute survival. It's petrifying. Transmuting. You don't get to hear that word often enough. No. No, It's a big one. Let me say, in Daniel Day Kim, who I love Mm -hmm. from Lost, I've always thought he was a very handsome fella. Mm -hmm. I remember he, not to bring it down with COVID, but I remember he had gotten it, not a, I don't think a serious case, but I remember he did a video message to say, I have come down with it. I've isolated. I'm doing Mm -hmm. fine. I apologize for my appearance. Oh my gosh. He looked amazing. (laughs) He He was so put together. I'm like, what? I don't know what you're used to seeing yourself look like Daniel Day Kim, but you look great. But it was just funny that he, he felt himself so disheveled that he had to apologize for his looks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, no, you're fine. Trust me. You're has has Anna Kendrick, I know she was in all the Twilight stuff, but has she done any kind of sci-fi that I am forgetting? I mean, space sci-fi type, type things? No. I mean, Besides- all the Pitch Perfects and um, kind of more, more comedy. <laughs> you know, she was in right. more comedies of Dave and whatever need wedding dates. Yeah. Like, oh, right. I so. I couldn't think and of any. She was like, in Up in the Air, so it's hard for me oh. to think back to that. Where she did she win for that? She win like she was nominated. I don't think she won. Oh, okay. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. I, that's so great. Um, but no, I think she was nominated though. I think that was the that was. I feel like that was the movie when she had been in Twilight. That was the first big thing I remember her doing. That was like, oh, Anna Kendrick, she's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, she's in Twilight. Oh, but that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> A little part. Make that money, Anna. (laughs) Hey, man, do what you got to do. She plays the medical researcher. Tony Collette plays the ship's commander. Mm -hmm. And uh, Daniel Day Kim plays the biologist. This is going to be fun. I'll be there. Yeah, there's no trailer yet, but I mean, it's coming out next month. So there should be one soon. (laughs) Get to it. I know. So this is exciting. It's going to be good. Would you like a little more? It's fun to see Shamir again. Shamir, right? It'll be fun to see him running around. Good for him. Yeah. 
It's a big, it's a big movie. We'll have to definitely talk about that when it comes out. Yeah. Would you like a little more uh, sci-fi rumor? This is yeah. rumor. Yes, please. Um, from Ace Showbiz, and I believe it's some other places too, but there's a rumor that mm. Lena Headey, a.k.a. Cersei Lannister, and uh, among other things, is headed to, uh, is going to be in the new Thor movie as a romance uh, partner for Tessa Thompson's character, who is the new king of Asgard, or I, I don't, I guess they still call her king. Um, but yeah, Lena Headey might be Tessa Thompson's on-screen love interest in the next Thor. <laughs> oh boy. I have Lena here with me in a tiny Funko version as Thirsty. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I asked her if it's true, but she doesn't talk. No comment. Back to the throne with you, Cersei. No comment (laughs) from Cersei. Uh, But yeah, I feel like she, it's probably true. I mean, there's no official word, I guess, other than the rumors, but oh, I hope it's true because I love Lena. And that would be interesting to see how that goes was about happening that would be interesting yeah i don't know how i feel about it why i feel you mean about lena being the love interest yeah Mm. in what capacity why why the hesitation would you like to talk about that the valkyrie (laughs) (laughs) thompson is just such a cool character i just i don't i mean it just seems really random to me of all of everybody that I, i don't know i just i hope i'm wrong about is it Lena? I love Lena Headey and I love Tessa Thompson. I just I think Tessa Thompson's character is I don't I don't know I, I don't know what kind of character they bring her in as. So I can't really mm. say I just I feel like well this according to this the theory is she'll be the queen to Tessa's quote king. Interesting. So I don't know. Look, I, it's Thor. It's going to be a fun movie. I don't think it's going to bog the character down with like the love interest. I feel like it'll be a fun addition. I hope. I don't know. But I just if it's don't. Even fruit- okay. So I look at Tessa Thompson. She's got really great sense of humor. And I, Lena Headey, obviously, she's great. She's like a lesbian icon in her own right because of yeah. me and you and yeah. Percy and a bunch of other things. I just don't see that her hmm. playing off her sense of humor in a flirt, fun, flirtatious way. Be uh, I don't know. I think it would leave a little something on the table that, you know, from what I've seen of Lena Headey. I love Lena Headey. You guys are looking at me like I've <laughs> just killed an animal, which I would <laughs> never. <laughs> but you guys are looking at me like that right now. Here's the thing. You know, they went through a lot of probably chemistry tests. I think, look, in Lena, I trust. I Like I said, I owe Lena. Lena, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, it's She's going to be great. I think if this is true, she's going to be an amazing ad- addition. I trust Lena and her ability to do whatever's thrown at her. Remember, we saw her in that wrestling movie with our girl Florence. She played Florence's mom. Florence Pugh's mom. Yeah, but even, yeah. She was funny. <laughs> Yeah, she's funny. Well, I will she's admit. funny. I love her. I just, I, I just, Tessa Thompson's so cool. Like, I, I just cooler than Lena. Would, come on. Tara, I like I get, Tessa too. Come on. I, get I just don't awesome. get the chemistry. I'm not feeling it right away. So I hope I'm wrong. All right, but I, I get I get what you're saying. Like honestly, I was surprised to see this. I was like, oh okay, was, interesting. Yeah. It was it's yeah. interesting choice, but you know. Listen, uh, Marvel has proven to me that they know what they're doing, and so yeah, let's 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 wait and see. Let's wait and see. I mean, Tara, we know that you hate uh, Lena, so <laughs> you can get past uh, that false. <laughs> oh, 
And it's Taika Like, you know, it's going to be a really fun right. movie. It's going to be so okay. much fun. Right. That's what I'm saying. But, okay, Taika Waititi, Tessa Thompson, and Lena Headey. It's it's just like, it's just not. Hmm. There's other people, too. The I don't think she's going to be. To me, mm-hmm. what I've seen, I think she's funny. I think she's awesome. I, I love her. It's the deadpan kind of like subtleness that I feel like Tessa has got going on. See, yeah. I don't remember Tessa being. I, maybe I need to rewatch the last Thor, but Thor, I don't. Remember. And Thor had a way a lot of chemistry because of the, it was very some subtle banter. But you know, I can't wait to do this podcast that comes out. And you're like, oh my god, well, Lena was awesome. I hope I am wrong. Okay, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, I hope you're wrong. I'm too. allowed to have my opinion. You are, and that's what and we're here you for. Tara. And not take that away from no, me. No, and I'm not trying to do you that. with your judgy books. I'm not trying to take that away from me. I backed you up. I even said, did I, you? I, I did. I think I did. You said you said I hated Lena Haney. So <laughs> I did do that. You're right. <laughs> I immediately threw Look, you under the bus. Lena's staring you down. Tara. Lena is giving She's you those big old eyes. Giving you, you know what? You'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> she would win in a steering contest. Tara, can you think of like who? Throw out some names that you think would have been, you know, okay, w- made more sense. I'm going to throw out someone only because the first one that came to mind because of another movie that's coming out, uh, Florence Pugh. Sure. But she's already in the It's already in the universe. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Someone else in the universe already. Oh, we don't, you're I'm saying. Like, I'm just thinking um, of like someone, oh, you know. That would have been fun. Yeah, right? Huh. We haven't even seen her as the character yet. Maybe they wouldn't even be a good fit. I feel like Florence Pugh's character is going to be a little, be a little more serious coming on. Mm. Hmm. We'll see. Interesting. We'll see. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I'll think on that. Okay. It just would this, if I would not have, if they said, guess who they might be casting yes. as love interest for Tessa Tom, I would not be like, oh, Lena Headey. You know, I agree. Would I never agree guess it. And I wouldn't either, but I trust it. I trust it. I trust it. <laughs> well, so you say. All anyway. Right. All right. <laughs> I see how. I'm treated here. No, listen, I I'm saying I support you. I see I see your opinion. I respect your opinion, Tara. Well, my opinion is that Grey's Anatomy is the best thing ever. And this <laughs> week we had a new episode. And the episode was was really great. Focused on Teddy and we got to see a little more of her lesbian love uh affair that she had. Uh but then ugh, God, I just hate even saying this. So Teddy, one of the doctors, she's been on the show for about 10 years. So she, we learned earlier or last season that her first, her love of her life was a woman. And she is married to Owen Hunt, who is, oh my God. If, you know, they killed off uh, DeLuca last week. And I swear, I love Owen, but I also hate him. And if they could just have taken Owen, I, I really wouldn't have been as upset. But so she's back and forth with Owen. I love you, Owen. No, we're not good for each other. But the first love of her life, we found out, is this this woman. And so we get to a little more backstory because she is coping with the loss of DeLuca because she's the one that operated on DeLuca and they weren't able to save him. He bled out. Mm. So we get to see she's almost going through this PTSD. She's also a former soldier, just like Owen Hunt. Um, so that's they, where they know each other. Mm-hmm. So she has a little PTSD and it's really stemming from the original loss of the love of her life, this woman who died in the 9-11 attacks so she's dealing with this is this kind of triggered her anthony uh, uh 
or DeLuca's death. Um, and so that's kind of what the story focuses on. It's a really good story, a really good episode. And of course, Owen is a dick. And of course, Amelia Shepard has to swoop in and say, oh, you're going to judge her? Well, here's a list of all the things you did wrong, mister. So get off your high horse. Hmm. Um, yeah. Very interesting. I, it was a great part if anyone out there watched it when Amelia really put Owen on the level that he needs to be at. Hmm. Um, then we get a promo <laughs> for next week. Okay. So Mayor the Still, she doesn't come out of her her uh, coma where she's, they try to extubate her. She's on the vent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's breathing for her since she has COVID and it doesn't work. So they have to put her, keep her on the vents. And that's another thing that triggers Teddy because she's the one working with Meredith and she's like, oh, if Meredith dies too, like I just can't, I can't handle it. Mm. Same, Teddy, same. <laughs> so on the beach, you know, that's where she has seen George and Derek and Derek is her late husband who died in a horrible car crash while mm. Trying to save – well, he saved the family in the other car crash, but then he got hit by a semi. Right. Um, and as irony would have it, they didn't give him a CT scan that he needed to save his own brain. So then he went brain dead and they had to pull – yeah. Oh, it's a whole thing. Oh, it was boy. crushing. Mm. So she can't get close to Derek. He's there, but she can't touch him, right? Mm. So uh, it's kind of like you get the point that – if she were to go to him and be with him, that means she's, she's dead. dead. Oh, but boy. she can't get within a certain distance. So okay. we keep seeing all these people visit the beach. It means they're dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the promo for next week, Meredith is joined on the beach by Lexi Gray. <gasps> Lexi Gray. Lexi is Meredith's. We just talked about this. Her sister, right? Her younger half sister. Like she also has Maggie, her other younger half sister that she found out about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, well, it's been a while now. And we have Amelia, her sister on Derek. You know, her sister-in-law. Oh. Lexi is just joy personified, played by <laughs> Kyler Lee. Beloved Grey's Anatomy character, Little Grey. She's Little Grey. Meredith is Big Grey. Okay. So it just, she's smiling. She's on the beach. And it it was like a a shock to everybody. And they showed us this in the promo. So we're like, who are we? What else is going to happen in the actual Mm. episode if this, they give us this in the promo, right? Oh, boy. So everybody's been waiting. We're like, is Lexi going to be on the beach? But you never know. Like, who can they get to come on the show? And sure. I saw one. Uh, I think someone was like, that was really nice of Kyler to to do that. I'm like, I'm sure Kyler was ecstatic. She's like, hell yeah. <laughs> Put me back on the number one top rated show on right. you. So we're going to get to see double Kyler next week. So she'll be on Grey's on Thursday and then on Sunday, Supergirl. Amazing. I'm very excited. I... I don't really know what to think. I'm mm. sure I will cry. So mm. I will have some story time. <laughs> then, and if you don't know Lexi, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, she suffered a most gruesome death <laughs> in the season eight plane crash where the plane crushed her, but she was alive long enough oh boy. to have it be really fucking sad and tell Meredith that she was that I love her and she was a good sister and 
and slowly die in Mark's arms. And then we find out later from Christina, who's also in the plane crash, they're stranded in the woods and mm-hmm. all these things happen. Christina has PTSD and tells us that she had to, to, you know, listen as the wolves got to Lexi. Good Lord. <laughs> they're not messing around. Eaten and I said, wolves. you know what? If they, if they just bring Lexi back from the beach into real life and they're like, you know what? Joe, ah, she survived. That was all you get. they were hallucinating. She's been in the woods this whole time. I'd be like, <laughs> makes perfect sense to have her back on the show. I don't care. Perfect sense. I don't care. Wow. Yeah. The, the beach is great. I'll take the beach. But if, I mean, if they wanted to just be like, no, she just needed some alone time. She's just been out in the woods. You were all hallucinating. <laughs> wow. I'd be fine with that. Uh, but no, she, uh, mm. Was a pretty harsh one. That, that one is pretty brutal. That still is brutal. affects what? me, man. That the, that episode. Well, it was like a two part, of course. And oh man, so you only she, you hear about it, right? You don't. Do you see the wolves at all? You see, no, no, you don't okay. see the wolves. You actually, they do such a great job with the storytelling of this because you know they're out there stranded for like a week, but like none of them really want to talk about kind of what happened after everybody died, and then. Arizona got her had to cut her own leg or no she didn't cut her she she got a leg injury she had to like it was disgusting her bone was out and then she ended up losing the leg and Mm. and her of course her wife had to be the one to make the decision to take her leg and she never forgives her for that oh no so oh yeah it was a big issue so god she (laughs) was crazy Yes, they're out there for seven days, so you don't know about the wolves till much later when because Christina becomes catatonic, like she just like she she put has to put it all behind because they're like having to drink their own pee for what you know, like they're out there surviving. Yeah, and then later you learn like why Christina is so messed up, and of course, I mean, come on, Sandra O. Oh her performance and she's in the bathtub and all anybody that knows this scene where she's talking to ugh, Owen telling her telling him about these things uh and she finally kind of like comes out with all the shit that she saw during oh the including she says I've never oh I don't even, ugh, it just gives me shivers just talking about it you know I'll never forget the sound of the wolves coming God, for Lexi that's so intense man it is and you <sighs> don't see it coming when you're watching it it's like oh sh- what ugh. you know that was one where I, like, yelled at the TV. <laughs> wow. And Sandra O oh plays it so good. Amazing. And you feel it. You feel like you're there watching it. Well. Mm. So, anyway, uh, that's happening next week. <laughs> I'm very, very excited about that. Well, good. You can tell us all about it. And I definitely fangirled out, and I still am. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We all chat on Messenger, <laughs> and I woke up the next morning to an explosion of Tara about Lexi. In the preview, uh, it was all over the uh, it, the messenger messages that I had from her. And there were several, and they were all very excited. Several, several. Excited and Kyler's messages. awesome, and I saw her and her husband perform, and I met her mm. after the concert. She's very, very sweet, great singer, awesome, very uh, lovely person. So that makes it makes me happy that Lexi, this little ball of joy, is played by a person that you know. And I love Kyler. She's so honest about. Everything she's been through mm-hmm. and, you know, she came out recently as being part of the queer community um, and she's married to a man. 
and also talks about her bipolar disorder. So it, you know, I really, uh, I think everybody just really can relates to not just Lexi, but Kyler also. That's I cool. Her being attached to that character is a big part of why she's so beloved, beloved. Awesome. Great. All right, cool. Well, Tara, this is where we say goodbye to you. Okay. <laughs> where Tara gets off the bus. That's right. The bus is well, stopped. The stop bus. Hey, guys, there's nothing out here. You're just going to throw me out here in the desert? You're fine. Mm. I'm sure there's no it, wolves out no here. Wall. There's no water. <laughs> right. All right. Well, are you guys going to be back to get me anytime soon? Maybe next week. Probably, okay. yeah. Well, you guys have fun talking about <laughs> your fancy justice league that hopefully someday i'll have time to watch yeah if you have if you have put a day aside mm-hmm. you can watch it all right well <laughs> farewell then my friends watch out for the wolves yes mm. watch out for those wolves <laughs> all right i guess i'm gonna go now and we're back one short but back <laughs> one less uh snopling with us or snop tart whatever mm-hmm it's just the two of us. <laughs> That's the point. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut. The so it's four four hours and what four minutes or something like that. It's just four hours long. Yeah, pretty long. It it is broken up into chapters. Six chapters. Yes, I like that. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And um, so I made a mistake here, Wendy. Oh, I'm gonna. I have to confess something. Oh. There are two versions available on on HBO Max. <laughs> oh, no. Or Plus. Is it HBO Plus? plus. HBO, HBO Max. Max. HBO Max, yes. Okay. So there's the normal version of snacks of Zack Snyder's cut. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, what they call uh, Justice is Gray cut. Yes. It's in black and white. I thought that was the... the oh, you watched that one. So <gasps> I was two hours mm. in... Or so yeah. before I, I had to take a break, and so I I jumped back in, and I was like, oh, here it is, boom, and it's in color. I'm like, wait, this is not <laughs> what I was watching. And so I realized I had been watching the black and white version, and so then half, you know, when I I made that realization, I then jumped into co- the color version. So I think it's good for the podcast. I got an good. idea of both versions, good. and to be honest, I like I like the black and white version. It was fun. It was, really, it was interesting. I yeah, have not cool. looked at it yet, but I I plan to. Um, I've heard. I, you know, I have one friend that watched it that liked it. I've seen pretty interesting things about it, but I haven't seen it myself. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> so uh, what did you think? I know that you really liked this movie. I loved it. I was very ambivalent about its release, but when I started watching it, and I watched it in a weird way, like I watched up until right after the first Wonder Woman action scene, which made me think. I remember watching this in the original cut in 2017. And thinking, mm-hmm. this feels like a scene that they thought, Wonder Woman's really big right now. We need to put in an action scene to start the movie with just so we can feature her. Because people really want to see more of Gaul and Wonder Woman. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I thought, I'm curious to go back and see how that film started. So I watched the whole four hours of the Snyder cut alongside watching the two hours of the Whedon cut. And I jumped back and forth like after sections and just to Hmm. see the comparison. I was so glad I did. I don't think I would have appreciated. I feel like if you haven't seen the original that came out, 
it's harder to appreciate what this is because you mm-hmm. just see how so many things were changed. Characters were changed. The look, the sound, the music, so much was different. And mm-hmm. it, that, that scene alone, it, it, the Wonder Woman where she's fighting the terrorists with the bomb, it just has a completely different feel in the new version. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which we can get all, wow. all into the why and the what and the how. And, but so I, I liked it, especially going back and forth between the two. It made me really appreciate that this edition was out there. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And I wasn't a huge fan of the first, like the Superman. I love Henry as Superman. And I liked Batman versus Superman. Okay. Wonder Woman was my favorite part. I know there's an expanded mm-hmm. edition that I'll probably go back and watch. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll appreciate it more. But but I was really surprised. And I started seeing friends who had watched the new one just raving about it and loving it and saying, oh, it goes by, you don't even feel like you're watching four hours. So that, that put me in a you know good mindset thinking it was going to be good. And I was not disappointed. Yeah, I mean, kind of like you, I was pretty ambivalent to like, okay, great, like, good for him. He's getting a a cut of his movie. That's cool. And the the story around it is just, there's just, it's a very complicated and strange story Mm -hmm. when you look at, like, you pull back and look at the whole Joss Whedon thing and Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers. Um, And I, and you know, we, when we found out that it was going to be four hours, I joked about like, really? Like, four hours is too long and this and that. But, I was surprised with how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, he got to take his time and set up each character very, very nicely. I loved all the choices. I loved the music choices. Very I loved much. The, the slow motion and the, you know, the, uh, the, the use of, of, of songs, uh, during certain scenes. Well, one case and, in point, Aquaman, like just the little differences of, of, what they were going for in, in the original versus this, that that scene where he's walking out to sea, drinking liquor out of a bottle after he saves that guy from the ship and the storm. Yeah. And in the Whedon version, it's like this rocket music. Like this is badass Aquaman. He's got the bottle. He throws the bottle. He's going back in the sea. In the Snyder version, it's got this very sort of melancholy song of mm-hmm. maybe that's like, Oh, he's kind of in pain, maybe a struggle here with what he should do. And he's, he's drinking and he's going back to the sea. And it's a completely different feel, and It fits. I like it so much more in the new version and it just fits the overall tone that he was going for. So yeah, music choices, even, even score like wonder woman. It was more of an Amazonian kind of remind me of Xena. Yeah. I love that. It was, it totally reminded me of Xena. And I, and I love wonder woman's theme song, but I also like this. And every once in a while you'd hear the, you know, wonder woman thing. But a lot of the wonder woman had this Amazon kind of set like that they would play for the Amazons. Yeah. I loved that. That was fun. And you know, overall, I think, you know, and we also had joked about there was a story before it came out like, oh, there's not as many jokes. It's very dark. It's not fun. It's not not fun, not funny. Yeah. And again, it just works. You know, uh, I feel like Zack Snyder's version of the DC universe, there's it's more serious than Marvel. It's it's not, you know, you Marvel has its own brand mm-hmm. and you, we don't need DC to be like Marvel. No. Uh, and. I feel like Snyder's version of the DC universe, it's darker, it's more stylized, and I like it. I do too. And I kind of hope that DC, uh, that Warner Brothers and DC decide to, to, to kind of take Snyder's version and go with it. Sounds like they're not, but I wish they would. I mean, at least with the, I'm assuming we'll have more Justice League movies. I know there's a Flash Wonder movie. Woman, and another Wonder one. Oh, sorry. Well, one woman has her own thing. Uh-huh. 
Like she has her yeah. own look. Um, but as far as like bringing the group, the, tr- the group together in some capacity, I think they should kind of take Zach's base here and continue it because I think it just really works. I think that he won a lot of people over because I, I think the first two were were they kind of the same tone without a lot of humor. They're very, and you know, I love dark, but it was just not when it's just kind of monotone. I just couldn't get into them. Maybe on a rewatch I will. But I think mm-hmm. just adding, you didn't have to necessarily insert like they did in Joss version, which we'll get to, but putting in the humor that didn't really work, but just by adding Aquaman and Flash, those two characters alone, and then plus you have Gaul and Wonder Woman, they they kind of lighten it up between just yeah. Superman and Batman. So, I mean, they left most of the Flash's humor in. And that, that to me, was enough. Like, between him and then just Aquaman's kind of personality bringing what he brought to it, to me, it, it lightened it up by the natural whatever their characters brought without trying right. to joke it up and make it. And it did make it a little lighter, you know, than the first two. Yeah, but, there's humor. Yeah. This, this movie has humor. Right. It's not... It's not as abundant as a typical Marvel movie, but again, it's not trying to be a Marvel movie. It's until, it's very much until they tried to, to make it a Marvel movie in 2017. Well, and there you go. Yeah, but yeah, it works better like this for sure. Um, I agree, and the fact that he was able to make a four-hour version of this movie, it, it you know, and we you know have to compare it to marvel in some parts like the fact that marvel was able to do what they did with wandavision because of streaming platforms now Mm -hmm. this is like kind of opens it up a bit i think i'm okay with the four-hour movie if i can watch it at home same yeah i'm comfortable with that i get to choose how long and when i watch and stuff like i think and what you know star wars is doing on disney plus like this is exciting like this is changing the way that movies are made and, and entertainment is made like yeah bring it on like uh yeah i'm on board it's like it's experimental and it's you know a little more freeing than a two-hour you know uh theatrical release like yeah bring it on this is this is good stuff it makes you wonder what would have happened if he hadn't had to step away is was he going to finish this four-hour thing and then just hope they released it in in two parts or were they you know i mean how what were they going to do were they going to make him cut his own movie down to two hours when he had done all this. I mean, I know some of the scenes when you compare them, the Wonder Woman scene, the, uh, the Amazon, I mean, all, all of it. They're, well, the, the scenes that were left in, but shortened, like that Wonder Woman scene mm-hmm. in particular. The original, it comes across in tone as a cartoonish terrorist with a bomb that she just comes and does her thing and he's done and blah, blah, blah. And it's mm-hmm. over. Whereas this one expands on it. But again, when... Not to defend Joss in any personal relations with actors kind of way. This is, but just as a pure filmmaking kind of situation, you know, Zach stepped away. You know, the executives thought, we need to marvel this up. You brought in the guy who directed Avengers and Age of Ultron. And I'm sure his directive was, we want it funnier. We want it snappier. We want it more fun, more like Marvel. They put in new scenes. They rewrote things. They changed even subtle dialogue bits. And I know with, with like cutting all the cyborg Victor's storyline. I mean, he had a huge bit of story, a backstory, and there was so much more with his dad that got completely wiped out mm-hmm. At, from filmmaking. If you come into a four hour vision and they say, chop it to two, that to me was one of the natural things that you may, you know, not to get into, I don't know what else may have been behind it, but 
That mm-hmm. was a big chunk of story that you lose that, it cuts your time. They cut a lot of Amazon stuff. They chopped the Wonder Woman scene down to where it wasn't mm-hmm. even the same scene. Um, if if a director, any directors pulled in and said, here's what he's done. First of all, use footage that's already shot and do whatever you got to do to make a two-hour movie that's fun and more like Marvel, which I'm assuming they probably told him. Because why bring oh, in the guy yeah. that did Avengers? And the fact that he changed so many... There were scenes in there that was like the same scene, but just different dialogue. And I just wonder, did they reshoot things? Did they just use different pieces of the scene? Did they go back? I mean, there was, you know, this is a four hour huge extravaganza. We're not going to obviously get to like every detail of every nuance, but just you just wonder what he had to work with. How much came from the producers? Now, there were things of Joss like Flash landing on Wonder Woman crap. And there's a whole article on uh, what is it on? um Insider is the website of 17 cringeworthy moments toward women in 2017's Justice League that are changed in Zack Snyder's cut. And just little Hmm. quips, little dialogue, little like random words that are changed. Like, you know, I I know on the Zack version, it just says screenplay by I think his name's Chris Terrio. And on the Joss version, Joss's name's added to that. So obviously went in and put his own slant on things. So sure. it's like a mix of Joss's sensibilities as far as what he finds funny or mm. what he wants to put in a movie combined with, I think, producer saying, here's what we want to see this become. And then with Zach, he got to do, you know, it's it, when you it, when you come into a project, I feel like that's not your vision. And, but mm. plus, you have to use someone else's work. You're not going to get this, you know, same as the person directing it who it's their vision. They know what they want to see. They know the tone, the mood, the whole look of the film is different. The feel of it's different, so and better. Completely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I do now. I do really want to go back and watch the original. Oh, it's uh, Whedon's version. It's hard. Let's just say the final action sequence ends with Cyborg saying "Booyah." <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> There's so Yikes. many like. I mean, he does put in lighter <laughs> moments, but it's so. And now this is just making me want because I've only watched it that one time, and it's just making me want to rewatch <laughs> it again and in black and white, but. Yeah, just, I recommend just it. Just random little things like Aquaman, you know, these he's got he's on the Batmobile and he jumps up to fight two of those little winged bugs and you know and, demons. Yeah, in the uh the Joss version, he's like, Yeah, woohoo! You know, he's like making these like, I'm gonna fight them, you know, and it's just that tone's not there. You hear it just it's it's hard to watch when you've seen the Zack Snyder version. That's all. Wow, like, that's so interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, so, what did you do? What did, how how did you do this? What did you do first? Did you watch Zach? Well, the Snyder version or the like? How did you? Do I watched it? them at the same time. I went. I flipped back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Which the only reason now, if you haven't ever seen the original, like I had seen it and I remembered enough to where I would get to a certain point in Zach's version and think, okay, mm-hmm. I want to go back and see what they did. You know, because I knew I remembered some scenes that had been from the original. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go see. And, you know, they reordered some things. There's all these completely new scenes with Lois Lane and Clark's mom that mm-hmm. Joss reshot um, that aren't even it. So that was confusing a little bit. Yeah, you just I just kind of went by feel. Like I'd watch a big chunk and I'd think, all right, I I remember parts of this from the original. I'll go back and look. And sometimes it got confusing. Got things are rearranged. Things are out of order. Um so I just kind of played it by ear. I mean, because I, I felt like that day I'd watched so much movie and I was only an hour into the Zack Snyder version. And by the end, I would just gave, I would just thought, you know what, I'm going to play this out and then I'll go back and watch the other one. And yeah, like I said, it. it was painful. 
Uh, wow. It's just the jokes, That's the tone of the jokes a lot of times did. It's, it, you know, the colors are brighter. And, and plus, he, he introduces dark mm. Superman uh, outfit, you know, in this in this one. And the original, so they didn't want to have it. No, the, the dark yeah. Superman outfit that he wears at the end is yeah. not like this. It's the typical red, blue in the original. Interesting. And uh, my friend mentioned that he'd made a comment. I guess there's something in the technology the same shots, everything was the same. He was able to go in mm-hmm. and color, recolor the suit awesome. to be whatever color they wanted it to be. Um, nice. The, the the villain, uh, what's his name? Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf is so much scarier looking, so much better developed mm-hmm. in in uh, the new one. He's got like his own history of like he kind of screwed something up. Now he's trying to fix it yeah. for he's a fuck Dark Side <laughs> and the Sod and. Uh, yeah, and he's trying to, but he's at the same time way scarier. Uh, looks way scarier, and like they, the original villain was just like a weird, big, giant, scary dude with a hat on, and it just lines like talking to <laughs> the Queen of the Amazons. You will love me, and he sees the other Amazons. You all will, and he's like little quippy mm. lines throughout the thing. Yeah. And this one, he he's a scarier villain to me. The Amazons get cooler moments when they're at the beginning when they're fighting. Um, Great sequence, and again. You know, if you're told to put this four-hour thing into two hours, of course you're going to cut some of that. So you can't necessarily put all that on Josh saying, I just don't care about Amazons. I'm going to whack this scene up because it's stupid. Or the producer's like, cut cut everything you can to make two hours and make it make sense. So it's a hard job. I'm not going to say he's a perfect guy. I'm not going to say he's a good guy. But filmmaking-wise, you're kind of in a weird position. You are like it would have been hard for anybody, I think, to make that work. Right, right. Especially when so. they want such a dramatic shift in tone from what you, has already been shot. What you're given, I mean, a little random. You know, you know, I don't know what he was left with, but like little random scenes, like when Bruce Wayne first meets Flash. There are different things in the computer monitors that were obviously put in later. Oh, and again, it's it's not like yeah, the original. The it's got like these little dancing you know, Asian women in the back with this music video and that kind of music playing. Uh, and then in the new one, it's like a cartoon skull and no music. So it's a different, again, yeah. a different feel, but yeah, different he, it's not like he saw what he saw, what had been shot. He didn't see how it was crafted. I'm guessing. And then said, Oh, I'm going to just change. I mean, you, you, I mean, you've got, there's so much you should, you know how different things look from when they're shot to when they're finally. Absolutely. Delivered. Well, and do we do you know, Wendy? And uh, I don't expect that you would, but do you know how far, like, when he stepped away, where they were in the process? I don't. Had they started post? Were they still? That's shooting? a good question. Uh, I don't think they were done shooting. Um, mm. Got it. I f- mm. I feel like I mean, there's so much out there. I'm sure is there's so, and that's why it's like there's so much out there. It's hard to really cover all the things about this movie. Yeah, it's it's a very um, large topic. I was surprised at how much was done that of, of, in Joss's version, how much was um, Zach's stuff that had already been shot, just recut and re. I think the only things I can remember that were totally different in um, Whedon's version, like the, like I said, the extra Wonder Woman or Lois Lane, Clark's mom, mm-hmm. the, the, when they talk about whether or not to bring Clark back. I feel like that's all new. That's different. Mm. You can tell mm-hmm. he shot new things. Like there's a scene when they're rescuing uh, Victor's dad and some other people. Like they have this whole bit about Flash being scared of all this stuff. So Batman just tells him, yeah, this wasn't in the Zack version. He's like, just rescue one person. 
and then go get another, you know, you'll know what to do. And so it's this whole bit about the Flash being scared to fight or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was put in there because the original way it was done was just too long. So they're like, here's how we're going to shorten it. I don't know. Um, Hmm. There was a, there was a beginning scene with Batman and one of those bug creatures that kind of made no sense till you saw later what was going on. There's, oh, and then there's all that stuff with the family near the nuclear power thing where the dark side and Steppenwolf kept going. There was a whole bit with the Russian family that like, hmm. like they're trying to protect themselves and like a little comic bat, I think a little girl or somebody grabbed bug spray thinking that was going to help, you know, like a little bit like giving you like, we have to give a family over there by all this for them to care about. So there were some new right. things added in the, in the original, in, in Joss's that I'm sure too, because they did cut so much. They like, you know, you cut a lot, but then you have to add stuff to make what you have left make sense. And right, connective tissue. So I don't, I don't know that he, I don't know what the percentage is, but I was surprised at how much was already there from Joss ju- or from Zach. Just either re-edited mm-hmm. or, you know, it, even little subtle things like, you know, with the whole thing with Cyborg and and Ray Fisher and all that. Like, there's even a moment where. You know, Diana meets him. And even when she meets him, you know, like in the Zack version, he's all the metal body and he flies in. In in Joss's mm-hmm. version, he walks in. So I'm guessing what he had possibly was mm-hmm. just maybe Diana's side of it, or maybe they'd shot Ray Fisher's side too. But for whatever reason, he kind of steps in, he's wearing his sweatpants and stuff and his hood. Right. But in the Zack version, he flies in completely metal, you know, full cyber mm-hmm. body. So just random little things. Like do you, do you think was that a choice? Was that um but yeah, like all the the action scenes, the battle scenes, they were all, I, from what I know, pretty much the same. But they just redid okay. Steppenwolf to make him scarier Scary. and different. So yeah, uh, I, who knows how much of that had been done before he walked away? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's there's some controversy now. I think that's drumming up, and I think we had a an emailer mention that of what president precedent does this set as far as like demanding right. versions of things to be it. This is like such a weird situation though. When, when a filmmaker with his vision has to leave for such a horrible reason and they, yes. they bring someone in to completely change everything, you know, the feel of what he's done. It's, it's just, I'm glad his version got out his vision. I am too. I feel, I, f- uh, I'm happy for Zack Snyder mm-hmm. that, that he got to do this big, his version of this huge movie, um, and I'm wondering what 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 is his relationship with DC now? Probably not. If he's still, I don't think DC was the ones. If if it was right, it was like a parent company that said we can make money from this. Let's do it. Like the Warner Brothers right. or DC people or whatever were not thrilled with his version, maybe. But they're like, yeah. all right, well, it's money. HBO got involved. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that sounds like they don't want to proceed. He had these big ideas, and they're not going with it. Even though there were a lot of things set up, you had you had like the Martian guy that came right. that was disguised. Hunter Martian. She, he wasn't in Joss's version. Um, mm-hmm. The whole thing with the Joker at the end that was that was reshot. I know when when he got the green light to do this version, that was shot after for this new version. And that was like an alternate timeline, yeah. right? Yeah, there's a whole lot of alternate, yeah. like the whole alternate thing that I think Cyborg saw when they were about to bring Bruce back to, yeah. or Superman back to life, that wasn't in the original. Um, right. And the whole way they got into that, the whole stuff with, you know, his, spoiler alert, but Cyborg's dad lives in Joss's version. 
So oh, I forgot. Yeah. That. So, um, huh. and again, that was a whole bunch of time taken to flesh out Cyborg's story and the whole mm-hmm. thing with the dad and them getting into the ship. And so, you know, that, that could have been something too that they said we got to lose all this because you can't just shorten that story. You've got to almost cut that part out to me. And because there was so much, I get like why Ray Fisher was pissed. I really do. Cause he had such an amazing story, his character and all the flashbacks to him before he became cyborg, all the stuff, like I guess in his cyborg brain where he's walking yeah. around. I mean, all that stuff mm-hmm. was really cool. The, the stuff with his dad had more weight to it. I mean, there was so much that was lost, whether it was because they didn't like that character, the way it was, being played out so they said cut it but i feel like there his was a big chunk that was cut and then there was some wonder mm-hmm. woman stuff with her going to that fire thing you know the, where the arrow hit and there, i mean there's some oh, other right. wonder woman stuff that was cut out too um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it feels like the overall uh consensus is this was an improvement it seems like it yeah. um and actually so you mentioned it so gabs wrote us an email uh, last week, but because uh, it was, I wanted to save it to mm-hmm. read some of it because of she talks about Justice League, and I'm going to read a little bit of it now. A little movie called Zack Snyder's Justice League came out on Thursday. This was last week. I've seen it twice. I think it's safe to say that I absolutely loved it. Then again, I am a DC fan girl. It was dark. It was gritty. It was long, and the pacing, and the pacing half of the time made no sense to where scene transitions were clunky and just did not flow well together. I may be a DC apologist half the time, but I do recognize when something just isn't the best. That being said, I was glued to my screen for four hours. I'm a sucker for dark and brooding, and this film provided me with just that. Was the movie good? That all depends on one's definition of good, but one thing that it is is an epic cinematic event that brings up many controversial topics to the forefront. Uh, The first and most important is Joss Whedon's toxic filming environment and why he decided to edit out the majority of the POC cast and storylines from Justice League. Uh, See Cyborg, Iris West, Ryan Choi, Silas, and Eleanor Stone. And spoiler alert, Harry Lennox as the Martian Manhunter, as well as Warner Brothers and DC's gaslighting of Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg. We've talked about that. Um, With the Snyder Cut, we see that Cyborg's character, character pretty much carried the film and the advancement of the plot and without it as we have seen in whedon's version the film lacks both the forward momentum as well as the heart that drives the need and want to save the world the movie is better than with cyborg's storyline and ray fisher did an excellent job in bringing cyborg to life which i agree we told i i agree too Mm -hmm. and then she says the second controversial topic that this brings up is something that you touched on wendy is the idea of that now giving directors a second shot at you know going in or even studios going in and recutting stuff and in all other arguments to be able to re-edit a film once it has been released could then be considered moot but if we are to just focus on the studio's involvement and pressure to produce an audience-friendly film what is going to stop directors and creators from pushing back at studios to let them re-edit a film to their creative vision aside from money of course and that is it's an interesting point i mean and, you know, Gab goes on to use Lucas as an example, but, uh, you know, he didn't re- really re- re-edit. He added some stuff. He changed some lines, some visual effects and stuff like that, which some of them are just completely mind-boggling as to, like, why exactly. Right. McClunky, that's all you need to know. Uh, and then um, Ridley Scott, she also points out, he did an- another version of Blade Runner, and I haven't seen it. 
I feel like a bad movie uh, nerd to have I've not seen it. Seen them? I, I I know there's. I don't. I I can never remember which is the good one. The one with the narration or the one without. But I'm not invested enough to care. I mean, it's right, fine. Exactly. I like it. Whatever. <laughs> it's. Uh, but yeah, Gab's overall. Uh, she liked it, and she, you know she's a DC fan. So that that being said, I mean I'm not a DC fan, and I liked it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, and you obviously, Wendy. I know that. You know, you you don't consider yourself a DC not, fan, girl. Not like I mean, I feel like I'm more on board with Marvel, but I really, really like this movie a lot, and I love the Wonder yeah. Woman movies. I even liked Wonder Woman 1984. So, I mean, I'm I definitely really like it. I like the way it was going in this movie, and this movie made mm-hmm. me want to see more of what he was gonna do. So it's a shame I, that now we might me not. Too. Like, I'm bummed now because I really do. I'm on board with his version of this universe. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I do too. And, you know, watching it in the first half in black and white, I was thinking like such a, you know, I thought that was the, that was the intent originally. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a very bold move, but watching it was, is, it made it feel more, even more like a a comic book to me. Very Mm -hmm. stylized. Uh, Yeah, I just, I'm really impressed with his vision. Well, it's interesting, the four by three. That threw me a little bit off the top, but I guess it was because he wanted it to really play at its best in IMAX screens. Right. So, that's how shot which it. at first I thought, well, this is weird, but then you forget about it. I yeah, forgot used it, to it went. Um, I liked that the chapter breakups I thought helped if you needed to take a break. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, natural sure. breaks. And But I feel like it reminded me of a film, uh, Breaking the Waves, that sort of had little chapter interludes in a way. Um, another, yeah. If you want dark and depressing, darling. There you go. But it kind of, it lent that feel to it to me of like the chapter breaks. Um, which, so I like that. Uh, but you know, that whole idea of like George went in and tinkered, I think some ways he made it better, some not. It's uh, the whole, like who has the final say, the director, the studio, the, the, I feel like this is such a different situation than just, you know, we talked about this with star Wars where JJ had, he was trying to make some big epic movie that would have probably been amazing. But if if you know the studio is never going to release that and it's never going to have an outlet, they're just going to mm. make you whack it up into some two hour choppy film like they did. And right. I've it, part of me thinks like, what would Zach have done if he made this and it was amazing? And they said, we're not going to release some four hour movie. You got to chop it up. Then would he have chopped it up to something? Who knows what it would have been like without the freedom to make it four hours? Um, that is interesting. I'd like to see his two version, two hour version. Yeah, of this movie. I mean, I'm sure That's he never had one. But what would he have? What would he have done? Yeah. He might have had to cut the cyborg like? stuff. I mean, I don't know. And again, with the the Joss thing, was that Joss's choice or the producers? Was it a joint discussion? Mm. I, you know, who knows where that comes from? But would they have? Would they have been? He had been forced to cut some of it if they made him put it to two hours. You know, right. I. It's just hard to say, but what would have happened? Um, that's where you need some, you, mm-hmm. you gotta know what they're going to let you do. Cause if you're making a four hour Epic and they're like, there's no way we're going to release that. Cause all studios, I feel like half the time, unless it's very rare occasions, they, especially with comic book, when Marvel's doing what they're doing, would they mm-hmm. have let them split it up into two or, you know, know what you're going to have to work with going in. Otherwise, it's going to turn into Rise of Skywalker, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you, yeah, you have to chop know. it up. That's a hard. That's a hard. Like that is a great question. Like, what, what would he have done, and to shoot enough for four hours? Like, I'm sure the studio was not thrilled about that. Well, and that's the thing. The only thing I know of that he shot that I I'm aware of that he shot for this one was 
the Joker thing. And I don't know if the, I can't remember if the, the end with Batman and the Martian, Bruce Wayne and the Martian was shot for this or for, the only thing I remember hearing about is the Joker that, that was shot recently for this version. Got it. Okay. But so that, which, which means most everything else we saw had already been shot. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, talking about Cyborg, he had such a de- deep backstory and such a good, good arc and he he was kind of like a heart of this thing as far as the emotional heart of it a lot of things went with his dad and he's reduced to like he's just a cyborg and at the end he says booyah i remember i think he referred to that line like that he had to say booyah just you need to watch it cat you need to watch it to see (laughs) i will the difference um you have lois lois talking to clark after he's come back and it's some cheesy thing about like he has to go back well don't die i mean i can't remember what it said but at the end she's like as long as i get the exclusive like come on boy (laughs) and it didn't at the time when i first watched it i actually kind of liked it okay it was lighter i didn't but when you see it compared to this uh -uh. Mm uh-uh no Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) it's just trying to fit an avengers feel to a movie that's not avengers makes it work and jaws made it work avengers was great i liked ultron yeah it's but this did not need that touch no. So, um, yeah. Some some mistakes were made. A few. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, I'm, a lot. A lot. And I've even read that the release of Snyder Cut movement had some, like, it wasn't pretty. You know, I don't know the details, but I, I read things that there, there were some not good tactics being used that, you know, I don't know if they were, like, death threats or, you know, it was, like, there a violent, very, like, and there's, like, what do the yeah. fans, like, you know, though, we we hated the last season of Game of Thrones. We demand that you reshoot it. We demand that you redo this because we didn't like it. We demand that, which, yeah, you don't want to be able to, to be held hostage <laughs> by, like, the fans that are mad because they just didn't like it. Whereas, again, yeah. this was a weird deal. Like, the director's taking off a project kind of thing, but. It was completely weird. This whole thing is weird. Uh, but, no, you're right. There was definitely a, a, uh there was some toxic fandom at work yeah. that was behind that. Yeah. That, that was behind the movement of the release, of the Snyder cut. Um, and that's, you know, I haven't read into that too much, but it's, you know, I'm sure it was pretty gross. I'm sure there's, you know, these, these same sort of like, we joke about the fanboys, but generally speaking, the fanboys are, they don't like women. Nope. And they, you know, they have a lot of opinions and most of them, are pretty angry and not something that I want to support, but no, you know, ultimately led to this, this movie being released. So I don't know. It's, it's a very complicated situation. All or like every, every step of the way of this movie was sort of just like, ugh, kind of a mess. I remember I was so sick of hearing about it. I'm like, Oh my God, get over it. And I don't know. I knew that I knew all the details at the time. I thought it was like a mm-hmm. harmonious thing at the time. I remember when, first of all, I thought, I didn't realize it was an older daughter that committed suicide. I thought it was like a younger daughter that died. Again, not that it matters because his daughter died and that's why he stepped away. And I thought when they brought Joss in, I was like, oh, that's nice. Yay, Joss is going to finish the movie for him. That's sweet. I didn't know it was going to be this. I thought it was just a little, I I thought he was going to be less involved in what the movie was than he was. And then then I heard of all the- yeah. Taking Zach's vision. Right. And, and just helping and it get to, to the theater. Yeah. That's what I originally had thought the situation was, which should not be more different. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. No. And then, not to mention all the other baggage that comes with Joss. Then you have this. And, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But it's, if, if you've been hesitant or if you, whatever your feelings are with DC, I love, like, there's the flash scene where he rescues the, the girl. 
and feeds the dogs. Yeah. I love that. That was great. Grabs a hot dog. Yeah, grabs a hot dog on the way. I love that scene. Um, It was very funny. You know, there were just so many, you know, Wonder Woman comes off a lot better on that in this one. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Just by how she's treated, the, the dialogue around her, the... Lack of flash falling on her body, you know, things like that. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was fun to see the Amazon stuff, man. That was great. Fun. Yeah. We have uh, no fear. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It's really good. And like, like you said, like, you know, you don't have to watch it all once. Get some popcorn. Watch a chapter a day. Wa- watch a chapter a day or whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's very, it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's very enjoyable. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, uh. I don't know. I had to, I had to watch it in three goes. I broke it up into three different sittings, but yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the whole beginning, Superman too. His scream. That's oh yeah, like it kind of goes everywhere. Like and they had that it, point it. about maybe that's why the boxes woke up. Superman. They had that whole part of it that I don't think was in the Jaws version. Like maybe that's why mm-hmm. this evil is waking up and deciding to come back because Superman was the thing they feared that they didn't know that they could beat Superman once. He died. These hmm. boxes of evil, or whatever they are technically called, I don't know, mother boxes, maybe the, the mother boxes. Yeah, they woke up. <laughs> it's just Very like cool. again, we're just touching on like the general stuff. There's so oh many. You we, could read article after article. You could have a DC focused podcast that takes like four weeks to cover this film. I mean, there's just so many little honestly. details of things that are different, and you know the the lore. And but just from a filmmaking, I feel like you should study these films. Film classes should study. All mm, of this. Like the side, All side of by this. side. Side by side. Yeah. The filmmaking aspect of it. The business aspect of it. The whatever. This is like the, something that, that, yeah, definitely the filmmaking. What you can do with the same scene, mm. edited differently, mm-hmm. different score, different look. I mean, this is this is good class. How, how often do you have basically two films with most <laughs> yes, of the same footage that come across completely different ways? That's very true. Yeah, so... One for the history books, a film, Indeed. perhaps. Indeed. Indeed. Well. Well, there there you have it. I think, you know. It was a lot. It was a lot, but we, you know, yeah. I'm not going to watch the black it's, and white version. You, sh- I think you'll like it. I think I will, too. It's it's pretty good. Very stylized. Uh, and listeners, listen, we'd love to know what you thought. Uh, Gabs, thanks for the email. Mm-hmm. Thanks for writing in. And, um uh, I think that's it. I mean, if you do want to send us an email about Snyder Cut, you can send that to SheNerdsOut at gmail.com. You can go to our website, SheNerdsOut.com, for one-stop snopping. Or perhaps the Twitter, at Podcast oh. with one D. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then there's Instagram and Facebook, which I think is <laughs> SheNerdsOutPodcast. Probably. That's pretty close. <laughs> you search for that, will come up, I promise. <laughs> see we all have our things i know the twitter Tardo's instagram you know the mail that's way it's like keeping nuclear codes in three different spots like that's right we don't have We're all safe. the information in just one brain we each have our piece <laughs> of the puzzle i mean to be fair knowing our instagram and facebook accounts i mean it's not that much information but it's a lot you know we have to we we yeah right i have four <laughs> hours of snyder cut in my brain i don't have room for everything exactly uh, come on help us out uh, she nerds out podcast on instagram Oh, there you go. Hey, see? let me see what our followers got to. Last week we were at 666. 675. Thank you. We got oh, off the number. Woo. Thank goodness. That. Okay, that's good. I was going to have to stop following right us if it came to that. All right. <laughs> well, 
we've talked all this. Perhaps next week we'll circle back to Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's gotten interesting. I, it's going places. Yeah, I gotta, so I gotta get caught up. Yeah, Kat's gotta get caught up. Tara's gotta mm. actually be here, and then we'll Join talk. Us. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> all right, but then uh, on that note, until next week, she nerds out, out, out. She nerds out. We're girls that like girls that like.